Welcome to the Daily Devotions Podcast from Confident Faith. I am Corey J. Mahler, a contributor here at Confident Faith, and I will be your reader today, this Tuesday in the first week of Lent, the 20th of February, in the year of our Lord, 2024, in the time of Easter. There are no feasts, festivals, or commemorations on the calendar today. Our readings for today are Psalm 104, Psalm 124, Psalm 143, Genesis starting with chapter 7, verse 11, and reading through chapter 8, verse 12, Mark chapter 3, verses 20 through 35, and paragraph 16 through 32 of Article 1 of the Solid Declaration of the Formula of Concord. We will close, as always, with the Lord's Prayer. Today's first reading from the Psalter is the 104th Psalm. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty, covering yourself with light as with a garment, stretching out the heavens like a tent. He lays the beams of his chambers on the waters. He makes the clouds his chariot. He rides on the wings of the wind. He makes his messengers winds, his ministers a flaming fire. He set the earth on its foundations, so that it should never be moved. You covered it with the deep, as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. At your rebuke they fled. At the sound of your thunder they took to flight. The mountains rose, the valleys sank down, to the place that you appointed for them. You set a boundary that they may not pass, so that they might not again cover the earth. You make springs gush forth in the valleys. They flow between the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. Beside them the birds of the heavens dwell. They sing among the branches. From your lofty abode you water the mountains. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of your work. You cause the grass to grow for the livestock, and plants for man to cultivate, that he may bring forth food from the earth, and wine to gladden the heart of man, oil to make his face shine, and bread to strengthen man's heart. The trees of the Lord are watered abundantly, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. In them the birds build their nests, the stork has her home in the fir trees. The high mountains are for the wild goats, the rocks are a refuge for the rock badgers. He made the moon to mark the seasons, the sun knows its time for setting. You make darkness and it is night, when all the beasts of the forest creep about. The young lions roar for their prey, seeking their food from God. When the sun rises, they steal away and lie down in their dens. Man goes out to his work and to his labor until the evening. O Lord, how manifold are your works! In wisdom have you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, great and wide, which teems with creatures innumerable, living things both small and great. There go the ships, and Leviathan, which you formed to play in it. These all look to you, to give them their food in due season. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die, and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works, who looks on the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. 
I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. May my meditation be pleasing to Him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth, and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forevermore. Amen. Today's second reading from the Psalter is the 124th Psalm. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when peoples rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive, when their anger was kindled against us. Then the flood would have swept us away, the torrent would have gone over us, then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord, who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forevermore. Amen. Today's third reading from the Psalter is the 143rd Psalm. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my pleas for mercy. In your faithfulness answer me, in your righteousness. Enter not into judgment with your servant, for no one living is righteous before you. For the enemy has pursued my soul. He has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me sit in darkness like those long dead. Therefore my spirit faints within me. My heart within me is appalled. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder the work of your hands. I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Answer me quickly, O Lord. My spirit fails. Hide not your face from me, lest I be like those who go down to the pit. Let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love, for in you I trust. Make me know the way I should go for to you I lift up my soul. Deliver me from my enemies, O Lord. I have fled to you for refuge. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. For your name's sake, O Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness bring my soul out of trouble. And in your steadfast love you will cut off my enemies, and you will destroy all the adversaries of my soul. For I am your servant. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forevermore. Amen. Today's Old Testament reading comes from the book of Genesis, and we will be reading from verse 11 of the 7th chapter through verse 12 of the 8th chapter. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the seventeenth day of the month, on that day all the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of the heavens were opened, and rain fell upon the earth forty days and forty nights. On the very same day Noah and his sons, Shem and Ham and Japheth, and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them, entered the ark, they and every beast, according to its kind, 
and all the livestock, according to their kinds, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, according to its kind, and every bird, according to its kind, every winged creature. They went into the ark with Noah, two and two of all flesh, in which there was the breath of life. And those that entered, male and female of all fish, went in as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. The flood continued forty days on the earth. The waters increased and bore up the ark, and it rose high above the earth. The waters prevailed and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the face of the waters. And the waters prevailed so mightily on the earth that all the high mountains under the whole heaven were covered. The waters prevailed above the mountains, covering them fifteen cubits deep. And all flesh died that moved on the earth, birds, livestock, beasts, all swarming creatures that swarm on the earth, and all mankind. Everything on the dry land, in whose nostrils was the breath of life, died. He blotted out every living thing that was on the face of the ground, man and animals, and creeping things, and birds of the heavens. They were blotted out from the earth. Only Noah was left, and those who were with him in the ark. And the waters prevailed on the earth one hundred and fifty days. But God remembered Noah, and all the beasts, and all the livestock, that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth, and the waters subsided. The fountains of the deep, and the windows of the heavens were closed. The rain from the heavens was restrained, and the waters receded from the earth continually. At the end of one hundred and fifty days the waters had abated, and in the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. And the waters continued to abate until the tenth month. In the tenth month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains were seen. At the end of forty days, Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made and sent forth a raven. It went to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. Then he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the ground. But the dove found no place to set her foot, and she returned to him to the ark, for the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand, and took her, and brought her into the ark with him. He waited another seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came back to him in the evening, and behold, in her mouth was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. Then he waited another seven days, and sent forth the dove, and she did not return to him any more. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's New Testament reading comes from the book of Mark, and we will be reading the third chapter, verses 20 through 35. Then he went home, and the crowd gathered again, so that they could not even eat. And when his family heard it, they went out to seize him, for they were saying, He is out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem were saying, He is possessed by Beelzebul, and by the prince of demons he casts out demons. And he called them to him and said to them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but is coming to an end. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods, unless he first binds the strong man. Then indeed he may plunder his house. Truly I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the children of man, and whatever blasphemies they utter. 
But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they were saying, He has an unclean spirit. And his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's reading from the Book of Concord comes from the Solid Declaration of the Formula of Concord, and we will be reading Article 1, paragraphs 16 through 32. Pelagian and Manichaean Errors This doctrine must be kept and guarded, so that it may not turn either to the Pelagian or the Manichaean side. For this reason, the contrary doctrine about this article, which is condemned and rejected in our churches, should also be briefly stated. First, in opposition to the old and the new Pelagians, the following false opinions and dogmas are condemned and rejected. Original sin is only guilt, because of what has been committed by another person, without any corruption of our nature. 2. Sinful evil lusts are not sins, but states or created and essential characteristics of the nature. 3. Or the teaching that the above-mentioned defect and evil are not properly and truly sin before God because of which a person without Christ must be a child of wrath and damnation, also in the dominion under Satan's power, unless he is grafted into Christ and is delivered through him. 4. The following and similar Pelagian errors are also condemned and rejected. Nature, even since the fall, is said to be uncorrupt, and that especially in spiritual things it is entirely good and pure. In its natural powers it is said to be perfect. 5. Original sin is only outward, a slight, insignificant spot sprinkled or a stain dashed on the nature of mankind, or it is a corruption only in some outward things. Under and with original sin, human nature still possesses and retains its integrity and power even in spiritual things. 6. Original sin is not a spoiling or a lack, but only an outward difficulty for these spiritual good powers. It is like when a magnet is smeared with garlic juice. Its natural power is not removed by the juice, but only hindered. Nor can this stain of original sin be washed away easily, like a spot from the face or paint from the wall. 7. Those who teach that human nature has been greatly weakened and corrupted through the fall, but that it still has not entirely lost all good and divine spiritual things, are also rebuked and rejected. They teach that what is sung in our churches— through Adam's fall is all corrupt, nature and essence human, is not true, but from natural birth human nature still has something good in it, even though it is small, light, and slight. They suggest human nature has a capacity, skill, aptness, or ability to begin, to effect, or to help effect something in spiritual things, about outward, temporal, worldly things and transactions, which are subject to reason. There will be an explanation in the following article. These and similar contrary doctrines are condemned and rejected, because God's word teaches that the corrupt human nature, of and by itself, has no power for anything good in spiritual divine things, not even for the smallest things, such as good thoughts. Not only is this true, but the corrupt nature can do nothing in God's sight of and by itself, 
it can only sin. Genesis 6, 5, 8, 21. In the same way, this doctrine must also be guarded on the other side against Manichaean errors. So the following erroneous doctrines are rejected, and so are similar doctrines. In the beginning, human nature was created pure and good. But after the fall, original sin is infused and mixed with the nature from outside itself by Satan as something essential. It is like when poison is mingled with wine. Human nature was originally created pure, good, and holy in Adam and Eve. Sin did not enter their nature through the fall in the way enthusiastically taught by the Manichaeans, as though Satan had created or made some evil substance and mixed it with their nature. By Satan's seduction through the fall, Adam lost his created state of hereditary righteousness according to God's judgment and sentence. Human nature is perverted and corrupted as a punishment. By this deprivation or deficiency, want and injury that was caused by Satan, so now human nature is passed down, together with this defect and corruption, to all people, who are conceived and born in a natural way from father and mother. Since the fall, human nature is not created pure and good at first, but only afterward corrupted by original sin. In the first moment of our conception, the seed from which a person is formed is sinful and corrupt. Psalm 51.5 Furthermore, original sin is not something by itself existing independently in, or apart from, the nature of the corrupt person. It is neither the real essence, body, or soul of the corrupt person, or the person himself. Original sin and human nature, corrupted by original sin, cannot and should not be distinguished as though the nature were pure, good, holy, and uncorrupted before God, while original sin alone, which dwells in human nature, is evil. Augustine writes that the Manichaeans teach that it is not the corrupt person who sins because of inborn original sin, but something different and foreign in a person. And so God does not accuse and condemn by the law human nature as corrupt by sin, but only original sin in it. For, as stated above in the thesis, i.e., in the explanation of the pure doctrine about original sin, the person's entire nature, which is born in the natural way from father and mother, is entirely and to the farthest extent corrupted and perverted by original sin. Human nature is corrupt in body and soul, in all its powers, as regards and concerns the goodness, truth, holiness, and righteousness created with it in paradise. Nevertheless, human nature is not entirely exterminated or changed into another substance, which could be called unlike our nature according to its essence and therefore cannot be of one essence with us. Because of this corruption, a person's entire corrupt nature is accused and condemned by the law, unless the sin is forgiven for Christ's sake. The law accuses and condemns our nature, not because we have been created human by God, but because we are sinful and wicked. Since the fall, human nature is condemned, not because its essence is God's work in creation in us, but because in so far as it has been poisoned and corrupted by sin. This concludes our reading from the Book of Concord. I now invite all of you to join me in reciting the Lord's Prayer, one of the most ancient prayers of the Church. I do encourage you to say it aloud. If you are somewhere, it would be reasonable to do so. But praying it silently is, of course, also fine. The Lord knows what is in your heart. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace and grace to serve our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in whatever calling has been given you, or task set before you. Until tomorrow, God be with you.